You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Nathan Schmies, Vice President of Supply Chain Operations for Hub Group. Under the unprecedented strains of a global pandemic, the supply chain industry has had to respond to an e-commerce demand that may have changed the retail landscape forever. With such continuing retail climate volatility to contend with, what insights can suppliers and retailers look to in order to better position their businesses? Nathan Schmies, Vice President of Supply Chain Operations for Hub Group, shares his take on 2020 and peeks ahead to 2021. Joining us this morning is Nathan Schmies, Vice President of Supply Chain Operations for Hub Group. Nathan, thank you so much for joining the Inbound Logistics Podcast uh, very early in the morning from Seattle. Yep, uh, pretty early out here. Uh, thanks for thanks for having me on, Jeff. I'm excited to be on today and uh, looking forward to talking to you. Excellent, excellent. It's uh, good to have you. Uh, before we get into it, how are you holding up given what's been going on uh, this entire crazy 2020? Yeah, um, holding up pretty well. You know, it's been it's been quite a year. Like many of us, I shifted from going to an office every day to doing a fair amount of travel to working remotely. And I have little kids at home who have had their own transitions to work through with things like school and sports. But all in all, holding up well and excited for the new year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Good to hear. Um, Nathan, uh, could you introduce yourself to our audience, please? And Give us a little bit about your background in the industry and uh, what you're currently doing with Hub Group today. Sure. Uh, thanks again, Jeff. So my name is Nathan Schmies, and I'm Vice President, Supply Chain Operations at Hub Group. And for a little background on me, I started my career at UPS Supply Chain Solutions, working on imports and customs clearance. Then I joined a company called K-Stack, where I held a variety of roles over the years all of which involve building and managing supply chain solutions with consumer packaged goods companies and retailers. Then Hub Group acquired K-Stack about two years ago now, where I currently am as Vice President Supply Chain Operations. And over here, I'm responsible for the operations and customer account management for our retail supplier solutions for CPG companies and retailers, which are both business-to-business and business-to-consumer solutions across a warehouse network. On the B2B side, we essentially mode shift what would be LTL size shippers into full truckload size shippers. These are loads going to destinations like Walmart, Whole Foods, Kroger, Target, Amazon, and many more. And then on the B2B, on the B2C side or e-commerce side, we run a variety of solutions that are integrated with platforms like Shopify, Amazon, WooCommerce, amongst others that facilitate same-day order fulfillment. Now, these solutions have a competitive advantage by ensuring full compliance and increased visibility into the supply chain with the global TMS, WMS, and order management technology platforms. Great. Now, uh, you mentioned something that uh, I'd like to jump into, uh, e-commerce. With the, the pandemic causing such a huge surge in e-commerce demand, peak season just happened. Uh, and uh, yeah. how was this peak season compared to previous seasons in the past? And uh, how did you guys, how did Hub Group position itself to to deliver, given that huge demand? Sure. So, we, yeah, we've seen a, a surge in e-commerce this year, both from an overall industry and from a company point of view. So for some perspective, in 2019, we saw around 5% of all CPG sales come from e-commerce. And this year, we saw that increase to approximately 7%, which is almost a 50% increase. Even if this is still a relatively small percent of total sales, it's receiving a disproportionate amount of attention as these growth rates will likely continue. So for many companies, this made up the majority of their overall growth. 
Now, research before COVID would suggest that consumers still prefer shopping in stores for some categories like food and groceries. Now, we saw these percentages skyrocket this year from around 4% to 15% of total sales. Now, this will likely pull back a little post-COVID, but probably not all the way back, and then probably continue to push upward again. Now, we were right in the middle of all this and experienced surging volumes across our own network, given the excess demand of consumables. Although forecasts did not predict what we saw earlier this year, we're able to leverage our, our vast network and retail partnerships and quickly modify solutions to manage through it. This really exemplifies the need to, to build that resilient, agile, and highly visible supply chain. And I think companies that are intentional on these points and partner accordingly are going to be better positioned to manage through events like this. Another thing to consider on the surge in e-commerce demand is that it means different things to different companies. I'll take this from a CPG company point of view and then discuss how Hub Group is positioned. So for some companies, their distribution layout is essentially the same, regardless of e-commerce. What I mean by that is they may rely on the retailer to handle the e-commerce part. In this case, they'll continue to send product to a distribution center or fulfillment center of, say, Walmart or Amazon. Now, the retailers that are doing more e-commerce might change some requirements like the lead time, on-time delivery windows, or enhanced technology to increase visibility so that they're more aware of what is coming in and when. This will allow them to maximize their e-commerce, or really their omni-channel strategy. Of course, there are details here I'm not getting into further upstream with things like sourcing, manufacturing, and product specs that bring more efficiencies to e-commerce, like whether or not it can ship in its own container or not. I'm discussing more of the finished goods movement to retail. Now, regarding how Hub Group is positioned here would be through our retail consolidation programs and whether or not the finished goods will be slotted in a store or fulfilled to someone from a store or FC, the inventory path for the supplier can remain relatively unchanged. Another approach to, to managing an e-commerce surge is to go with a more of a direct-to-consumer strategy, whether through a marketplace or from a company website. For CPGs, these can quickly become expensive, but there are long-term strategic implications of this regarding things like data privacy, customer relationships, market presence, and, and relevancy uh, for the long term, to name a few. And how Hug Group is positioned here is that we operate and manage e-commerce fulfillment services that do same-day order fulfillment out of our facilities where the retailer stock is held. And we'll do a network analysis to determine the optimal solution to implement. So many in the CPG space are seeing the benefit of doing some type of hybrid strategy on this to, to learn what works best and, and to position themselves for future uncertainties. There really isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. Now, that could be both exciting and frustrating at the same time, depending on who you ask. An approach by, let's just say, Nike, who continues to go more direct to their consumer base, might not be the same blueprint to follow for a company that does, let's just say, bottled water. Both will continue to see more e-commerce sales, but will likely have a very different approach in managing it. Okay. Now, speaking of those different uh, retail approaches, what would be your assessment then on how retailers uh, adjusted to the current climate. Yeah, so we always see retailers adjusting to stay out front, follow consumer demand. Although this year, it really has accelerated. One place we can look as an example of adjusting to the current climate would be Walmart. So in September of this year, Walmart rolled out some major changes to their OTIF compliance program. OTIF means on time in full, and the new target is 98% which is up from 87%. The Walmart also announced another initiative called SQEP for Supplier Quality Excellence Program. 
SQEP is positioned to increase quality and visibility into Walmart supply chain. And one way to do that is to require an advanced ship notice or ASN for all the POs. And missing or non-compliant cases will be fined 3% of their value. Now there's really nothing new about requiring suppliers to ship compliant orders in full with the expectation of on-time delivery. This is just, I guess, turning up the dial on all of it. Aspects like scheduling, lead time, costs, consistent sailing schedules, technology capabilities with ASNs, warehouse and carrier compliance are, are key in all this. And this is the type of thing that Hub Group's Case Tech Retail Supplier Solutions focuses on and what we've been doing for almost 20 years now. Now, with the e-commerce boom in full effect, uh, what do you predict for supply chains uh, across the country in 2021? And uh, what can retailers do to really uh, thrive in that uh, new demand situation? Sure. I suppose I can start by pointing out what we just discussed regarding stricter retailer compliance, like what we mm -hmm. saw with Walmart and Otis. I think these types of compliance programs for retailers will continue to be more challenging, but for good reason, as this precision is, is necessary to execute an e-commerce or really an omni-channel strategy. I think that the retailers that continue to partner with companies like ours who enable their vendors, especially the small and medium-sized ones, to compete on a level playing field with the larger companies. You know, retailers like to place smaller orders as frequently as needed, and suppliers like larger orders, more spaced out. Through collaborative consolidation, both of these things can be achieved with optimized order cycles, lead times, and shared space on truckload shipments, even down to a shared pallet space for, for smaller POs. I would predict that we'll see more marketplaces, or at least more penetration for those already active. These marketplaces can be similar to what we see on Amazon, Amazon Seller Central model, which allows sellers to join directly as third-party sellers. Now, this allows a product offering with a digital or unlimited shelf, which is not constrained to physical store limits. This also shifts the responsibility of storing and stocking inventory and fulfillment to the seller. So retailers can get smarter with their stores uh, with the online data. And some brands are being pushed now to prove sales online first before they will be picked up and sold in stores. So I think both retailers and suppliers will adopt more marketplaces and direct-to-consumer models in the coming year. All right. I want to get back to omnichannel fulfillment in a second. But before that, a few industries and businesses have embraced a micro-fulfillment method. Can you go into that a little bit, describe what that is and how it can be applied most effectively? Sure. So. I guess I would define micro-fulfillment as, as a hybrid model that uses smaller facilities that are close to consumers, which blend traditional fulfillment center technology and automation with the speed of in-store order picking. So it allows retailers to get their products to consumers even faster through the decentralized approach and by transforming the last mile. It, it helps with things like speed, marketing, positioning the company for the future, and overall supply chain resiliency. Of course, there's cost to be factored in here. And there is more complexity in the supply chain when additional facilities are, are folded in. Regarding how it can be applied most effectively, I think there are a couple of places to start on that. First would be how it will fit into a company's overall strategy for how they compete and how they plan on competing, I should say, in the years ahead. And the second would be an awareness, or I suppose a forecasted view of, of macro trends to determine or help inform uh, the strategy. And these are trends like, what's going on with uh, e-commerce growth, 
including online grocery, where this has had a lot of momentum recently, urbanization, uh, although this year we've seen a little bit of reversal to that with remote working, uh, delivery expectations, will consumers continue to expect even faster deliveries, uh, warehouse space shortages is something to keep track of, labor. Uh, so um, these are highly automated facilities, so the labor would be a different, uh, different type of labor. Uh, in-store order experiences should also be considered, as some stores currently act as simultaneous fulfillment centers. So in terms of application for effectiveness, I think this will be pretty nuanced based on many factors, such as how a company is planning on competing and where they think these macro trends are heading. However, I think we're going to keep seeing more variations of micro-fulfillment in the coming years. Okay. Now, you mentioned uh, Walmart and omni-channel fulfillment. So uh, some retailers are uh, investing in some of those services like Click and Collect. So uh, how have initiatives like that uh, impacted Hub Group's uh, retail operations? Yeah, regarding how it's impacted the retail operations here, I'd say our focus continues to be on leveraging and refining our network as well as expanding mm -hmm. it. The framework of managing the warehousing and transportation to retailer locations through consolidation programs will continue albeit with more rigorous compliance expectations. So an omni-channel approach plays right into a consumer base who continue to expect speed, choice, low cost in, in a more seamless customer experience. I mean, nobody wants to lose an opportunity to capitalize on a transaction when, when demand is present. Um, the consumer can easily go somewhere else, and if they go somewhere else, they may not come back. So these attributes will keep propelling retail operations here as speed, choice, Cost fit right into that resiliency and agility that anchors these solutions. Now, over the past year, we've added more warehouses and more retail solutions to further optimize that retail supplier network. Okay, now speaking of that network, I know uh, collaboration has always been a stable for, for you guys at Hub Group. Um, so how has that diverse network of providers helped you in uh, such a crazy time? Yeah, it's really been Hub Group's mission to find new and innovative ways to deliver long-term success for our customers. And despite COVID, we're still delivering on that every day through the collaboration and long-lasting relationships with a diverse network of providers. I can discuss a few ways that a diverse network adds value over here. It, it provides the ability to source capacity within our national and regional warehouse network. It's possible to shift order volumes to other national warehouse providers during pandemic order volume spikes. There's an ability to control and isolate COVID impacts within one operation of a larger warehouse network. There's an ability to maintain service performance in a low capacity warehouse and transportation market. And I'd say an ability to leverage regulated limits for inventory storage between warehouses for new and existing clients. Those would be just a few ways that the network provides value. Okay. Now, how about operationally? What have been uh, some of the focus points for, for Hub Group, uh, particularly when you had to navigate the pandemic? Sure. I'd say safety and meeting our customers' needs have been some focus points as we navigate COVID-19. So for safety, mm -hmm. you know, we had to quickly adjust to new safety requirements inside all of our facilities for employees, such as ensuring that the warehouse providers have comprehensive, proactive health and cleaning practices and clear policies are in place to immediately respond to the needs of exposed employees. We have regular updates on employees who test positive or are in quarantine to reassess the health and business risks to make corresponding action plans to address the associated risks. There's comprehensive contact tracing to minimize the risk of an outbreak and avoid business disruptions. Communication with customers on updated procedures. 
we had to realign some internal departments to ensure best-in-class service. And we implemented more paperless BOLs or eBOLs, which helps keep our employees, customers, and vendors safe. There's still a lot of paperwork being passed around with signatures in this industry. So the more we roll out a paperless approach, it A, is safer uh, in our current environment, and B, it's just more efficient on various levels. And through all this, we're, we're meeting our customers' needs. So we're an essential business. And, and during this pandemic, we've seen what that really means. Not only have we stayed operational, but we're continuing to hit the necessary service levels and deliver for our customers every day. Our warehouse providers, drivers, terminal workers, they're, they're frontline heroes who did outstanding work this year in an extremely challenging environment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what were some of the biggest hurdles that your your uh, teams had to overcome, uh, given this global disruption? Yeah, so we, we implemented our business continuity plan immediately and fully functional with remote operations. Now, this is a $4 billion company with 5,000 employees, so it does take a, a lot of coordination. And some hurdles to overcome were hiring and training remote employees, launching new warehouse operations virtually, working with, uh, through extreme volume spikes, managing accountability with virtual tools like virtual meetings, tours, inventory audits. And, and one more thing I'd mention that shouldn't be overlooked is just the, the human element to all this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're seeing record volumes across many of the service lines, and so many people had to work harder than they ever have before. And in the background of all this is this confusing and frightening virus that we're dealing with. Uh, so as I said before, so many in this company and in supply chain in general were heroes this past year and played a major role in keeping the economy moving along. Yeah, hopefully we're on the other side of this uh, sooner rather than later. But uh, yeah. fascinating information. Uh, Nathan, where can the audience go to get more uh, information about Hub Group and uh, your efforts to keep things moving? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. I would say uh, the website, hubgroup.com. You can find us there, H-U-B-G-R-O-U-P.com. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. So thanks so much for the opportunity to talk today, Jeff. Uh, I enjoyed the experience and Happy New Year. Excellent. Happy New Year to you, uh, Nathan Schmies. Take care. Uh, best of luck to Hub Group. And uh, of course, stay safe. Thank you. You too. Bye. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast. Thank you.